Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode five of Let's Get To It. Today, we are going to talk about authenticity and personal power. Mm. Whew. Yeah, exactly. And so far, what we've been talking about, about authenticity and, per- and personal power, um, has kind of come through the lenses of you know, personal motivation. It's come through the lenses of, you know, who are our motivators, um, also who are our mentors. But I think that if I was to draw a lot of the parallels of episodes one through four to this episode, it would be leading to these different archetypes or different images of personal power portrayed through authenticity. Mm, mm. And, and, And what is authenticity what is it to be an authentic person human is is that a goal of yours um I know it's a personal goal of mine to really just be as authentically human as authentically Sarah as I can be and what does that mean and and how has that evolved and changed and how much do we show of ourselves and our personalities and that authentic self especially if you find yourself sort of in a in a public persona, um, you know, if you have a business, um, or, you know, any, any sort of public facing position, you know, how much, uh, of yourself are you really in that day to day moment? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, and so one thing that Mujib and I were talking about is, is how cool this journey has been so far that you guys are, are getting to dive in a little bit deeper to, um, who Mujib is, who Sarah is. Um, and you know, how does that match up? with maybe some of your own perceptions of us if you if you've known us previous to this podcast um how does it match up maybe where where are you going oh you know I didn't know that about them um and so I know it's super important for me to feel like I am I am living an authentic life and really being true to who I am right right um for me even just listening to episode four uh as we were getting ready to put it out and thinking about you know, the idea of trying to build confidence or to, 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 to show the person who I am inside of my own head mm. to the world and mm-hmm. to have the, the courage and the confidence to be able to, to wear that skin outside of my house, you know, um, it really got me thinking about authenticity because as I'm listening to the episode, I'm asking myself, am I holding back there? Is there something that I'm not saying? And why? And that's really what, yeah. what kind of got my, my, my juices bubbling about this whole idea is that um, in these situations, how do I personally try to meter myself or mm-hmm. try to, you know, present what I think a person might want to hear versus what I'm really thinking? Right. Um, what, what really did it for me is I asked myself, am I speaking to you in the same voice that I speak to myself in, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, like, if I am saying, yeah, Mujib, you got it. Then if I say to you, Sarah, do I say like, yeah, Sarah, you got it. Or I'm like, good job, Sarah, go. You know what I mean? Like what, how, how am I referring to you versus how I'm referring to myself? Yeah. Um, and I'll tell a story about that in a minute. Yeah. Well, what's the answer to that? Um, it gets closer and closer every day. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. 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 And well, and I think it's, you know, that very honest answer, you know, it, it, it kind of makes me think of, you know, let's say you're at a cocktail party or um, you're in a situation where, you know, a couple people, you don't know everybody, you know, how do you come to that party? How do you present, you mm-hmm. know, depending on your situation and your context and, um, you know, are you being authentically you or is that something that you kind of, you know, 
you only show people that are close to you like these deeper sides and so you know on the one hand it can be almost like a defense mechanism like okay I don't I don't know if we've built trust yet so I don't know how much I can really share with you um, you know or you're just worried about what's that other person gonna think of me you know how deep do we go how soon you know there's there's all these factors and and um, you know I know what what I've certainly felt over this relationship is that um, and, and this has been supported by some fans of ours, is that often it, it feels like I've known and built trust with, with Mujib for a long time, much longer than we've physically known each other, like actually known each other. And what's been really cool about these conversations is, is, is we can get right to it mm-hmm. and we can go into these deeper places of explanation. I feel totally comfortable going there with you. Right. And, and that's amazing because that means you know, we haven't spent a decade of building trust, um, but it's sort of this, it feels safe, you know? And so, you know, I like to represent that to you. Like, it feels totally safe that I can just go there, go there with you. And, and then, you know, what a treat for the fans or the listeners that they're like, oh, okay, that fly on the wall that's listening. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It makes me think of, and this is a way that I've kind of taken some of our post-recording conversations um, and applied them to myself as well, just to, again, because I, we are, you know, this might be maybe the 25th conversation that you and I have actually even ever had together in right. person, you know right. what I mean? This, this episode five might be only <laughs> the 25th time that we've actually talked to each other. Did you um, guys hear that? This is literally the 25th time we're having a conversation, but you know, perhaps it feels like we've known each other longer. Right, right. Um, but what it, what it really makes me think of is like, for myself, what I see kind of reflected in the way that you present yourself as well, which is why I think we get along so well, is a cultivated authenticity, mm-hmm. right? And mm-hmm. that's something that I'm not just, I'm not just, you know, assuming that. It's based on the conversations that yeah. we've had. It's based on the besi- behind the scenes kind of like mic chatter that we've had yep. that both of us are very, very much working to present our complete selves to the world, you know? Yeah. and. I was talking to my brother about this episode. I, I called him and I was talking to him for a second about episode five and the idea of it. And, you know, he's a, he's a carpenter. He's a contractor down in D.C. Um, so he's, he's going to give you as much of himself as he needs to give you for that specific purpose, right? Yeah. So, like, if you're a homeowner and you're paying him to build an addition for you, um, he doesn't need to tell you his politics. In fact, it might be completely detrimental to his bottom line if he does tell you what his politics Mm -hmm. are you know so he doesn't have to be fully authentic but me and my brother we can get into a strong back and forth about politics at you know 11 o'clock at night sitting at his basement table and and just rapping back and forth to each other yeah um so for for that to me he's going to give me a deeper layer of his self his authentic self but even he's telling me this in conversation he's like even in that situation there are going to be times when I'm not going to say everything to you mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. of X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. Whereas for us as business owners, you, you spoke to this in the last episode, like, am I getting up on that stage and am I faking? Like, right. is it working? Right. Or am I presenting my actual vibe? Like, am I actually as excited to be here as I'm presenting that? Oh, yes, I am. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yep. um, and that I think is a, a very cultivated authenticity. It's, it's a conscious presentation of the most authentic version of ourselves it is it's a very conscious shift because you know for a while certainly when I started out in this business and starting out having a business 
I definitely was in the category of, you know, leave everything at the door, present this sort of optimal self Mm. for the client, um, and, you know, never let them see you sweat kind of mentality. Mm. And, you know, a, a human being can only present that way for so long. Um, and I, I used to wear it as a badge of badge of honor, this armor that I could put up, you know, like, oh, you know, I don't have any bad days or nothing's that hard for me. And, you know, coming across as a sort of rock solid. And then, um, you know, that lasted a couple of years. And as I started to become more vulnerable, more authentic, share a little bit more, you know, if someone comes in, they say, good morning, how are you doing? To say sometimes like, you know, I'm having a hard day, but you know what? I'm still going to give you a kick-ass class because that's what I do, but I'm also going to let you inside a little bit and know that like, no, not every day is a hundred percent day. No, you know, I'm having a little hard day today. Um, and it just started to, my relationships with people and clients got so much more intimate and real when we kind of broke down the facade of, you know, oh, here's this person who, um, you know, never seems to have a bad day or they're so strong or blah, blah, blah. And I want to be like that because that that's just not attainable. And then kind of the more I let people in, you know, talking about these vulnerable moments of, um, it's just the stronger and the more authentic my relationships got. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say that's true for, for any relationship, whether right. it's teacher um, to client, whether it's, you know, in your own family, with your partner, um, you know, break down those walls, you know, really find that. So it, it really is a goal for me to just be as authentic as possible with as many people as possible and mm-hmm. and knowing that sometimes sometimes people don't deserve your authenticity you know i do feel like that's a privilege right, right. totally you totally. Know? because you know it makes me think of what you just said with vulnerability authenticity has the potential to take us into a very vulnerable place you yes. know like if i'm going to have if you're going to ask me a question mm-hmm. about my inner emotional workings mm-hmm right for me to give you the most authentic answer like the way that i really feel Mm -hmm. is going to open me up to a vulnerability and that is for sure a choice right so if i'm in a relationship that i'm just starting out with and the person who i'm in a relationship with has the potential to maybe use that against me Mm -hmm. if i open that vulnerability up to them Mm -hmm. then maybe that's going to again meter my authenticity presentation um with me with my current relationships and iterations of how I'm presenting to myself as my most authentic self, um, that vulnerability has an opportunity to really help that, that, that relationship grow, right? Because I'm not caging a part of myself. I'm not, you know, we're, we, we, we have a bullshit meter, like a a natural bullshit meter, you know? And like, and it doesn't have to be like, this person's lying to me, but if I ask you how you're doing, and if I mean it when I ask you how you're doing mm-hmm. and you say you're doing fine and you're not doing fine, chances are I'm going to notice that. Right. And and even that, again, is an opportunity for authenticity. Am I going to take the fact that I noticed that and maybe come to you after class or in another lo- or send you a text message or something? Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, you can holler at me. Let's chat for a second. And then when I get you on the phone or something, notice like, hey, you know what, what's actually going on? Yeah. Right. Um, yeah especially for me that's been like a big growth point with my wife is to come into this situation where i'm i'm going to be vulnerable for somebody else i'm going to because 
in the relationship that we have, it's based on authenticity. How do you actually feel right now? Yeah. And I think that for me, it's funny because between her and I, um, I'm typically the person who's trying to to pull the emotions out. You know, yeah. like I want to yeah. talk about it. Like let's let's sit and let's get to it. Like yeah. let's talk yeah. about how we're actually feeling. I want to know your emotions. I want to share my emotions with you. Um, and part of that, again, comes from the, the desire to be more authentic after spending decades of not doing that, of caging my emotions, of, you know, everything's cool, whatever, yeah. of I'm supposed to wear this sort of facade or this right. sort of armor, and I can't possibly let you into it. And, yep. you know, that for the listener, again, this is the beautiful thing about you all being a part of this conversation is you're witnessing, again, an authentic conversation between two people who respect each other and who are fascinated by each other. And you're getting a chance to kind of listen in on that unfiltered completely. Like we haven't scripted this episode at all. We, we, I didn't, we didn't even really send out any prompts. This was just an email that I sent to Sarah at 530 in the morning that was like, this is what I'm thinking about right now. And then we got to it, you know? Yeah. You know, as you're talking, I was thinking about um, sort of the faithful day where this podcast was launched. And I mentioned this a few episodes ago, I think probably in episode one, um, that sort of part of the genesis of this was we were supposed to teach a class, Mother Nature thought otherwise. So the rainstorm's coming down and, and you know, I thought, okay, Mujib's here, let me give him a little tour of the place. And, and those of you who have come to, to Rev, um, and have known what it was, it has changed significantly. And, and currently we're not open for um, indoor services because of the pandemic. Um, and a lot has changed, a lot has shifted. And so I gave Mujib this tour and was kind of showing him around, like, here's how things have changed. And we just had this really honest conversation and I really opened up to you about, you know, this is really hard here's how things are going, sort of, you know, this is what life is like, and this is where my head is at. And, and I started to realize that I, I, I needed to really be honest with myself and with others, you know, how is the business doing? Well, it's suffering. That's reality. How am I doing mentally? It's hard. Um, this is a hard transition. Um, and it was such a, a moment of liberation and connection to have that honest and authentic conversation with you. And it, and it landed us in a place of, you want to do a podcast, mm. which sounds funny, but I truly believe that when you can get to these places and sort of be vulnerable or, and be authentic, you are introduced to people. Again, people are going to feel that and feel that vibe and, it opens up new doors. If if we were to have that conversation, if you were to come in, hey, you know, how, how you doing? I'm good. Mm. We might not be sitting here today. Right, right, right. So I would encourage folks that are listening right now, you know, if you think you have to be stoic or strong or whatever you label, whatever you want to call it, um, or that you have to, you know, just show up for someone and not, you know, not be vulnerable you are potentially walling yourself off to so many opportunities mm -hmm. and invitations right. if you actually let people in or you tell people, you know, what's really going on. Right. And I would add to that and say, like, if, if you're in a situation as a listener, if you're in a situation in which the people who you find yourself around, you don't want to do that with, mm. then 
take the desire that you want to be authentic, take the desire that you want to be more vulnerable. Maybe you've tried to be more vulnerable with somebody and they've kind of shot you down on it or used it against you. Just kind of plant that desire as a seed and you'll start attracting the people who will allow you to open up, who will want to meet your authentic self and yeah. who will want to present your authentic, their authentic selves to you, you know? And um, it really makes me think of how authenticity plays into personal power, Yeah, right? Because I was just thinking about the that. ability to be vulnerable, to show you exactly who I am, you know, to speak to you exactly how I hear myself in my head um, allows you to see me for who I am. And then you can decide hell yeah, I want to rock with this person. Yep. And then that in return is going to allow me to be like, damn, like she accepts me just who I am. Well then shit, I must be on, I must be on the right track Yeah. versus like I'm around people who don't accept me for who I am and I'm going to adjust my personality for those people. <sighs> Fuck all that. Yeah. You know, like no. that, and that's the most authentic way I can say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it, it always sort of breaks my heart to see, you know, if someone is just, really, as you said, metering themselves and um, living in fear, really, of, of stepping into their personal power and being who they are. And this kind of, you know, uh, is, is a great extension of our conversation about self-worth and confidence. Mm -hmm. You know, just having that, um, you know, literally, this is me. Um, well, let me talk about Instagram for a second. <laughs> um, you know, social media can be a dangerous place. It can be a beautiful place and be a dangerous place. I feel like everything, there's two sides to every coin, you know, for, for everything where we can sort of access all kinds of content and be exposed to so much. Then there's the other sort of the darker side where, where we can still be pre-programmed to think, you know, a certain thing. And, um, and what I mean by that is I've, a lot of the personal work that I've done on myself and also some of the messages I try to try to get out is is about body image and 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 and, and women in particular and how how women feel about themselves and how I feel about myself. And um, I know a lot of people are struggling through the pandemic and. Um, you know, maybe you're you're at home and you're on your screen more and you're just getting fed these images and, um, you know, more and more you're maybe you put on 10 pounds or you're not as active as you once were or whatever's changing for you, you know, whatever. Well, so I posted a picture of myself and put on a few pounds around the waist and and whatever. And I posted this picture and I was just like, this is me. This is where I'm at right now. And. It got the most likes, comments, attention of any post that I've ever done, you know, than sort of like, you know, the, the suck in model face kind mm -hmm. of, you know, selfies. Um, you know, you know what those are. You've done them. <laughs> Duck face. Um, but anyway, what what that signaled to me in that moment was that people are hungry for this authenticity. Mm -hmm. Like not just the here's my before and after picture and I'm down this many pounds and this many pant sizes and I'm so happy mm. <laughs> bullshit right you're starving <laughs> and you're so mean um no nah, I'm just playing but seriously so it it was it just felt like everybody needed that breath of fresh air and that everybody needed that almost permission mm. that just to be yourself and to try to embrace that self and yourself is ever changing and ever evolving and it, and it will continue to do so. And just to learn to accept these parts of ourself that either we've been told, you know, we shouldn't or that we should be ashamed of or feel bad about. And I just, you know, I just kind of tie it back to the body, especially because of the industry that we're in, 
um, when, you know, a lot of people are upset, disappointed or frustrated that how their body maybe has changed or if they, whatever. Um, and, and yeah, it was just kind of, it was a vulnerable moment for myself because it was certainly, you know, I deal with my own self-consciousness and, and, and wavering self-confidence at times, especially when it comes to the body. And I was like, you know, what? I'm going to be vulnerable and I'm going to, you know, this is, this is actually going to help me accept those parts of myself and just literally say, you know, fuck it. Here's some extra weight. Love on it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, and people will, you know. Yeah. And I got the love back. Yeah. I got the love back right. because I was willing to go there. Well, it, I mean, we said something about that in, in confidence and self-worth is that, you know, to have that self-love, like to, to, to be able to see the versions of ourselves and, and accept the versions of ourselves that we're presenting at that moment, mm-hmm. right? That, that kind of like mirror image that taking that second to look in the mirror and be like, I love you. Like I yeah. accept you for exactly who you are and I appreciate you for everything that you've done for me. That sort of, that sort of like internal dialogue, understanding that not everybody has that internal dialogue and also for the listener and for you too, like understanding I have not always had that internal dialogue. Like yeah. I haven't always looked in the mirror and saw a person who I loved. Now, that's not quite true. Like I've always seen a person who I've loved, but that's been cultivated by my family. Like mm-hmm. they've always shown me that I'm a, a worth love person, like yeah. I'm worthy of love. Right. And we'll kind of get into that in a second, but, but that didn't always make it so that when I looked at my, my image as a grown man, that I saw the, the, the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. I'd look at my image of myself and see flaws and see, you know, something that I didn't like or something that, you know, oh, I'm not quite big enough or, you know, do my muscles actually look cut? Like, like you said last mm-hmm. time, like we're, I'm a, I'm a fitness instructor. Like, do I look like a strong person? You know, people would say to me, you should do videos and pictures with your shirt off. And I'd be like, I don't have that physique. Like, I don't know what you all see, but I don't see somebody who is like ripped like a bodybuilder who's going to take my shirt off and show you all how how muscular I am like I don't look like that to me you know um and evolving that to being like well I don't really care what anybody else thinks I'm not going to judge myself based on anybody else because in reality there are really only a few people that are ever going to stand in front of me naked anyway and for me to be able to look at myself and see for myself that I have this personal value or this love for this person that I'm looking at um it's always going to project forward. Mm. You know, that love is going to get reciprocated, at least as far as I'm, I, I have experienced, mm. right? Like if I come out of the door and I feel like dejected or if I feel like I'm, I'm, I'm not in my full power, then that's what I'm getting returned back to me. Mm. But if mm-hmm. I come out of the door and, I'm, and I got my full power on my sleeve, then mm-hmm. that's also what I'm going to get returned to me, you know? And that, again, that goes back into the authenticity. Um, I have this 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 moment when it really hit me again the voice in my own head sort of idea um where i'd been in vermont i'd been living here for probably a dozen years at this point in time right so it's like 2016 mm-hmm. right around then and i went home to maryland i'd already been home once to maryland to to watch some floyd mayweather fight with my bro they have a big you know, block party whenever Floyd Mayweather would fight, they'd put it on the whole side of a building and the mm. whole neighborhood would come out and watch. And I'd gone down there and like, I was basically like coming right from like Corinth, Vermont and going to DC. So, mm-hmm. you know, my shoes were dusty, my jeans were dusty, my shirt was dusty, my hair was dusty, no shape up, no trim, no nothing. And, you know, like I've already said, that's going to get you a certain response down there, right? Mm-hmm. But then the next time that I went, 
you know, I was a little bit, little bit more into how I, I would have presented myself had I never left. So I hit the mall, got a new pair of shoes, got a hat. This is when I got to DC, my brother took me straight to the mall. Um, new pair of shoes, new hat, but it had the same shirt on that I'd had on going down there in the same jeans, you know mm-hmm. what I mean? So now I just put the outfit together, right? right? I go to my aunt's house and she's like, oh, there's Mujib, <laughs> there you are. Look at you, I see you now, you know what I mean? I was like, oh damn, that's right. Like, this is actually me. Like, mm. I've been, you know, I, I hang out in the woods all day, so how can I wear nice shoes? I can't, you know? Or, or, like, I'm around people who don't wear, like, sports teams on their hats. So how am I going to put a sports team on my hat? They're going to say something about me, so on and so forth. Um, but what really did it to me is I was sitting down there, and it was me and my brother and this kid that we grew up with. And we were having drinks and, and some food. And we really got to, like, going back and forth. And we are talking about, like, me as a teenager, mm. you know? And... and I had said this thing to my brother when he, he was up for his 33rd birthday, and I'd said this thing to him where I was like, man, I'm glad that I left D.C. because if I hadn't, I would have probably turned into this or that, you know. And he was like, nah, bro, the only way that you could have gone is the way that you went. Like, hmm. you, weren't, you weren't really in, in it. You weren't in the streets. You, like, I know stick-up people. Like, there are people around the city that stick people up and murder people and stuff. You're not that person, you know. The only way that you could have gone was the way that you went. You mm-hmm. were that type of kid already. Mm-hmm. And so you know, we were having this conversation about that conversation and with this other kid that I grew up with who was basically like, you know, the kid that I got into a lot of trouble with. And the the guy was like, I don't know, my brother's name's Alim. He was like, I don't know, Alim, like, your brother was pretty wild, man. Like, he was a lot more wild than he ever showed you all. He got me into a lot of trouble, you know? And, and so we, so then they start really heated going back and forth. My brother's now you know, blah, blah, blah. And, and then I start getting into it, blah, blah. And when, and I finally stop and I like start really getting into these two guys about like, yo, y'all need to chill out, man. Like, and they both stop and they look at me and they were like, oh, there's Mujib. <laughs> and my buddy had picked me up from the airport and he's like, man, I've been waiting to see if you were gonna actually talk like you talk. Like mm. if you were gonna actually let us hear your voice mm. at any point in time. Cause he's like circling the airport to come and pick me up. And he's like, man, I'm lost. And I'm like, nah, it's good, man, bro. It's cool, it's cool. You're good. Oh, great. Oh, great. And he's like, and he finally scoops me up. He's like, that's just not great, bro. I'm driving around a fucking airport looking for you. And he just like leans into me. And I was like, bro, I don't know what you're talking about, man. It's all good, man. It's a sunny day. It's beautiful. You know, blah, 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 Uh, which is a good thing, but whatever. But my whole point is, and then I said to those guys, I said, well, I'm speaking to you in the same voice that I speak to myself in. Like Mm -hmm. my, my accent, my, my enunciation, the way that I'm, that I'm actually like, my cadence, everything about my voice mm. is the way that I talk to myself when I'm driving in my car, when I'm talking about my business, my family, my relationships, whatever. But I always have to curb that when I'm speaking to the people that I'm around, you know, mm. because I have to make it so that they can understand what I'm saying or that they're not too put off by the way that I, but I can stop these guys dead, dead sentence, cut them off and scream at both of them. Mm-hmm. they're not offended mm-hmm. it's not hurting their feelings mm-hmm. and if it did hurt their feelings we can joke about that too right. oh it hurt your feelings Casey well <laughs> yeah. blah 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 whatever um, so again just getting back to like that idea of coming out of the door wearing our personal power on our sleeves mm. for me that was a specific moment and I came, when I came back from DC at that point I've never been the same since because mm. I realized in that moment like that's where my power is like I can sit here and talk to these two very powerful people 
and I can shut them down in this moment with the voice that I actually have inside of me, mm. my, my most authentic version of myself, mm-hmm. I'm, I'll never go back. Mm. You know, I'll never go back. You know, and it cost me friends. It cost me relationship. It cost me, you know, a whole lifestyle. Mm-hmm. But that lifestyle wasn't building up my authentic self. Right. So it's not a, it's, that's a sacrifice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. In, the, in those moments where we, we, could, we discover that personal power, we sort of accept it, and then and you carry that forward, that can be hugely transformational in terms of, you know, you may, you're sort of shedding skin. It's like, you know, like the serpent, dumb, you know, and it's, you may lose friends with that or go, oh, that's not who I thought you were. And, um, but it's almost like talking about the process of becoming, which we spoke about a few episodes ago. Um, and that, you know, I want, I want people who are ready to evolve with me and, and that want to be around my actualized self, mm-hmm. you know, that feed off of that energy and that aren't scared of that power. Um, you know, it's not like we're out to be threatening, um, but, you know, it can be perceived that way by some people, you know, a confident person that's, you know, there's people who are intimidated by that. Um, you know, I remember, this is back a few years ago when I was, was single, and, um, you know, I would often say, you know, not many guys come up to me, not many guys ask me out. And I remember kind of always lamenting about that, you know, almost feeling sorry for myself. Like I'm not the girl in the bar or the club that the guy goes up to and buys a drink. And I used to talk about this with my friends and, and I was kind of in this more poor me state. And they were like, are you kidding, Sarah? You are so goddamn intimidating. (laughs) (laughs) Guys aren't coming up to you because they're terrified of you and how strong you are, not just physically strong, but just this, this, this strong woman who, um, and you know, before I was like, no, no, not me. Like as if saying, no, that's not me. I know I'm not intimidating. And then it wasn't until I, I stepped into that power. Yeah. Like, I am a woman that wants to go after what she wants and doesn't doesn't seek permission or doesn't need the guy to ask me out. I'm going to ask him out. And the man I am with today, we've been together for five years, I asked him out. I gave him my number and and put it out there and was the one to say, okay, maybe, maybe I get rejected. Maybe this doesn't go anywhere. I'm going to be vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, but as soon as I just kind of recognize that, okay, I'm, I'm not a damsel in distress. I'm going to stop feeling sorry for myself because the guy doesn't come up to me and, you know, whatever. I'm going to own this fact that, okay, I'm, I'm sort of perceived as this confident, strong woman. And if, if a man can't handle it, well, that's their loss. So, you know, what I started cultivating too was men who appreciate, who want to be around strong women that want to be around um, this this version of fierce femininity. Yes. And I feel like you, Mujib, if it was last episode or the episode before, we're talking about all these amazing women in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, and we were kind of talking about this sort of the masculine, the feminine, and these energies and things like that and, um, and cultivating those relationships and, you know, you know, bring it on. Like that's, and those those are the kind of, you know, men, women, non-binary, you know, what have you, like, that's, those are the types of people I want to be around, you know, show me who you are, be strong, be confident, um, so, yeah, that was, like, stepping into my personal power for me, and, you know, and I'm, I'm with a man who is more than happy to sort of, 
you know, champion his woman who is out there and fierce and doing it. And, um, and, and maybe he even takes a bit of a backseat to that, but he is happy to play more of the supporting role in, in that relationship, you know, that, that I'm kind of the one that's out there and, and, and I'm the breadwinner and all of these things. And, and there are a lot of people that that would make them really uncomfortable. Um, so, you know, I appreciate that, that, that we have that kind of relationship and, um, where that's not threatening, that's not threatening to his masculinity. That's not threatening to our partnership. That's just the way it works for us. Well, that's your authenticity. Like yeah. it's never been anything other than that. You presented yourself as, as that version of yourself, that strong version of yourself, that like that, that intense version of yourself. I'm going for what I want right now. Yeah, well, I was like, do you, do you want to date a boss? Because I'm a boss. <laughs> so boss women, <laughs> any bosses out there. But yeah, that's the thing, you know, and, and, and I definitely was finding and, and just talking about relationships a little bit. But in that sort of era of being single for the longest time, I was presenting a version that I thought mm. somebody else was going to be attracted to. Um, and then I want, I sat back and wondered why I was still single and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. Because I wasn't, I wasn't showing these these folks who I really was. Um, so you know, if you know, if you're just kind of sitting back and, and you're thinking, you know, either I'm stuck in a job that I don't want, I'm 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 single, I'm stuck in a relationship that doesn't make me fulfilled or make me happy, you know, I, I just I, I really think again, you know, sometimes we talk about what to do, journaling, we talk about that a lot, you know, writing some stuff down, like really sort of stepping into, you know who you are and and I just I believe it so strongly that the the more you step into your power and the more you can be authentically you things are going to start happening for you that you know that that opportunity that that job offer is going to come or you know not that you sit back and wait for it because you, you've got to create but if, if you start to do the work on the self it's just amazing sort of it's like the, I talked about breadcrumbs in the first episode, but like the, the path starts to appear. It mm-hmm. starts to become laid out. And, and yes, you have to be active in the journey, 100%. But um, I just promise you that it, it's, it's, it's very difficult and it is not easy, but it is very worthwhile. Right, it is right. worth the work. And it, it, it reminds me of like what you'd call the red car syndrome. Right, mm. like if you drive a red car, you start seeing red cars. Even yes. if you didn't drive a red car before that, yeah. and you never saw red cars, you know. Um, when I've written out what it is that I want, mm-hmm. then I start to see the the breadcrumbs, if you will, mm-hmm. or the the components of my reality that are pointing to that thing. Mm-hmm. Right, like if I if I say, you know, I want a strong partner who is going to be able to do X, Y, and Z. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm looking for then. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? If I haven't said that that's what I want and I'm just going out there in the world saying I want, I don't know what I want or like I want somebody to accept this false version of myself, mm. then that's all I'm going to get. I'm going to get somebody who accepts a false version of myself and doesn't want anything off of that. You right. know what I mean? Or I'm not going to get anything at all. Or if it's not about relationship, if it's about a job or if it's about a professional change or just some personal growth position to, to come into, um, unless I can articulate that, how am I ever going to be able to know when I see it? Mm. You know, how am I ever going to be able to know when I'm living it? Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I mean, for me, it's, it's, we talked about this a second ago, there's so much to be said that like, when I've decided 
that I want a certain lifestyle, Mm -hmm. I realize very quickly how close to that lifestyle that I already am, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm -hmm. how little pieces of that lifestyle will start to hit me, Mm -hmm. you know, Um, talking to my friends right now who are listening, who have gone through any sort of transformation in your lifetime, um, just take a second and think back to that day that you decided that that's the person that you were going to try to become, or that's that person that you wanted to become. And, you know, you might not have looked like you look right now. You might not be that. You might not have been that version of yourself that, that you did become in this point mm-hmm. in time. Um, but take a look at yourself now and ask yourself how close to that are you? Like, are you in the place that you said you wanted to be in? Do you, do you have the things that you said you wanted to have? Do you have the relationships, the people? Mm-hmm. Um, for me, and we've spoken about this before, it was jewelry, right? Like, mm-hmm. I... I looked at this adorned version of myself Mm -hmm. in in my mind's eye and I looked in the mirror and I pictured that adorned version of myself, Mm -hmm. right? Here's a funny thing too. I have tattoos, I have big tattoos. I have tattoos on my hands and then I have the same tattoos on my forearms and then I have the same tattoos on my biceps that wrap around my chest and then wrap all the way right back around to the other hand, right? Mm -hmm. I found a journal entry while I was moving just this past week where it was a it was like a, a waterproof journal so it's something that i used to just take out into the bush in the field and i'd write down plants or things that i saw like uh, this tree has this type of leaf on it i'll have to go home and look this up and somewhere in that in the rain or in the middle of the night or something i had drawn this picture of my arm with these three dots on it mm-hmm. This is before I had the tattoo on my arm. It's, it, it was the catalyst moment when I thought to myself, I'm going to put these tattoos on my forearm. Mm-hmm. And I drew what it would look like mm-hmm. on this piece of paper. So again, by taking the time, my, my wife says it all the time. She says that's why they call it spelling, mm-hmm. you know, like spelling words, like mm-hmm. you're casting spells. Mm-hmm. Like you're writing down, this is what I am going for. Mm-hmm. And by everything else, stay relentless. You'll get that shit, like period. Absolutely. I mean, if if one thing that I could take away from successful people or people that I hold in high regard as successful and 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 we could talk about that because definitions of success, that's our, you know, that's a that's a big topic in itself. But a common theme that I see is visualization and writing things down, writing down what you want, knowing what you want articulating that and whether you get up in the morning and you look yourself in the mirror and you say it out loud or before you go to bed you journal it um that that leads to that actualization and you know and and no dream is too big I mean I think we can sometimes scare ourselves by thinking you know oh that could you know that could never happen but it can and and you can manifest that. We are manifesting our reality every second, every second. And, and what I love about this and, and, and the topic of personal power is when you start to get a glimpse of, of what that feels like, your own power and potential and what you're able to accomplish and what you're able to do, it's, I mean, it, A, it's addicting, but, you know, and again, a lot goes into it, but it really does visualize write it down, say it a million times, say it until that literally is your reality. Mm-hmm. And, and it also may not happen exactly the way that you, that you pen it. And, um, and Mujib and I talked about this, like the, the vacation home in, in Puerto Rico. 
you're at this ball or place in Puerto Rico. Yeah, maybe it's not yours, but you're still at a ball or place mm-hmm. in Puerto Rico. So sign me up. <laughs> so, you know, you it, it may not be exactly the way you envisioned it, but I, I just I really think, again, that the, that that the universe is you got to you got to have your ears open and your eyes wide, like right. your eyes wide open, like because it's it's out there. Um, and for folks that want to go get it. Yeah. I say, I say it like this, like you just imagine that at some point, some, something is going to ask you exactly what you want. Like, Mm -hmm. tell me anything you want. I'm going to give it to you right now. Like a, like a magic, like a magic lamp. You You know know what I'm saying right now? I'm I'm visualizing Will Smith as the genie. Right. Right. So, (laughs) so Will Smith pops out, you know what I mean? Um, who is Will Smith, not the Fresh Prince, right? Before right. he was the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, right. there was a man named the Fresh Prince. He had a DJ named Jazzy Jeffs. They made music, and they knew what they were going to do. Yep. And now everybody knows this man, for the most part. Will Smith, very terrific actor, person, visualizer, everything. But, you know, again, like if you treat it like at some point the universe is going to present you Will Smith, and Will Smith is going to say, <laughs> anything you want, I'll give it to you right now. Mm-hmm. What is it, mm-hmm. you know? What are you going to say? Are you going to, uh, uh, I guess I, I want to go to, want to go to Subway, and get a foot long. <laughs> well, okay. Well, that might be you somebody's wish. You know what I mean? You're going to get that. I'm going to go get and get you that foot long, period. That's mm-hmm. what, what it is. But if I say to myself, I had somebody actually ask me, she says, um, if there were no bounds, what would you do? Mm. Like you had, if money wasn't an option, if, if there were no boundaries on what you could do, what would you do? I told her. Why? Because I've been saying it to myself for six, seven years flat. Yeah. And I've been evolving that so on and so much and so much. And I've been chiseling it away. Um, and I know exactly what it is. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so for me, it's that's that's plug that to yourself. Like tell yourself that like just pretend like at some point somebody's going to ask you to paint the picture of what the reality that you want. And you're going to have to know what it is. And it could, again, it could be going to get a foot long. It could be trying to graduate with your PhD, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, you know, again, and, and I don't know if there's something to be said for, like, we, I'm, I'm also speaking from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, if you had told my 20-year-old self this, I would have still believed me. You know, I've never been in a period of time when I didn't believe that the things that I was visualizing were going to come to pass, mm-hmm. you know? Um, if you're the type of person who's not in that space, who this, this type of thinking doesn't come easy to, um, then start small. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Start real small. Like picture, picture a certain outfit or a certain friend group or a certain, you know, even just way that your house is set up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What's, the, what's the ideal way that you would set up your lifestyle? Mm. And then just start picking apart, picking away little, little pieces, little chips, little chips. Mm-hmm. And then before you know it, like you'll be able to take a big piece off and then the whole thing will open up for you, you know? And I think, and, and, and there's no wrong answer. So maybe what you want is to have read a million books. Maybe what you want is the secluded cabin in the woods. You know, maybe what you want is, you know, to be on TV, whatever it is. And everybody's, and this is the beautiful thing. Like everybody's going to be really different in that answer. And, and also it's going to change and evolve and, and with you. And so, and that's why it's another 
you know, beautiful thing if, if you keep a journal or um, to kind of look back and it's just those artifacts mm -hmm. of your life, mm -hmm. you know, to be able to go back and say, oh my God, I, I dreamed that five years ago and, you know, I did that last year or, you know, or whatever it is or, um, you know, to, to be able to have that, um, you know, so, so just, just remember that, that A, your, your dream doesn't have to be like, the next guys or the next gals like it's it's yours it's what you want it's what you see for yourself and 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 yes that it's ever ever evolving as well it it, it it's dynamic mm. it can change yeah. it doesn't have to be static because you know I, you know I'm 36 going on 37 as of the end of this year um and I just I, I think about the, the tremendous growth in the last, you know, certainly in the last 20 years. Oh, my God. I mean, you can't, you know, 36 to 16. That's like, come on. 26 to 36. Holy shit. That decade. Um, and even the last two years. Holy smokes. So it's really, really interesting. And folks, you know, certainly we have people listening that are in their 40s, 50s, 60s, even 70s. Right. And so, you know, I can't speak to what it is to be older, but I'm sure you're saying, ooh, babe, it gets even better. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm psyched for that. Yeah. I am so psyched for that because I think I said something very similar to this a couple episodes ago that I'm, I'm, I'm psyched because I, I do believe the best is yet to come. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. the best is not behind me right. at all. No, I said to myself the other day, like, if I, if I did this in six years, a focus. Mm -hmm. Imagine what I'm going to be able to do in the next 30 years if I get that. Right? Yeah. That's going to be a solid 40 years of pursuing my passion. Mm -hmm. How am I not going to have everything I want? Like, yeah. You know, and it's not, and again, like, I'm speaking from my personal experience, but I come from the fucking mud, man. Mm -hmm. Like, I, I wasn't born with a silver spoon in my hand. I yeah. wasn't born, I didn't even read a full book until I was 20 years old. Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. Like, I didn't grow up with people telling me like you're you're the most intelligent person that we know and you're in our lives i just mm -hmm. grew up with people telling me that i was worthy of love mm. you know my mother would ask my grandmother what am i supposed to do with this boy my grandma would say just love him mm. make sure he always comes home you know mm -hmm. so when i say like i've been able to do this in six years it it comes from a place where i hit a crossroads and i decided i'm gonna make you amazing Mujib mm. and here we are you mm -hmm. know and for another 40 years of doing this wow. when I can see my kids and see my grandkids come on what what can I not visualize you mm. know can I visualize my great-grandchildren running around me yes I can mm. I, I love the I love the vision of it can I visualize like my mother sitting with me on a Senegalese beach watching her grandchildren run and play in the water and speak Wolof yes I can mm. you know Mm -hmm. It's amazing a vision to me. It's an amazing dream to me. It's to me it it's the it's the it's not even like the light in the tunnel. It's the diamond in the mud. Mm. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? It's the I'm sitting here and I'm looking at the stars and I might not even have a roof mm. that I would have over my head if I could put it here. But I can see that Milky Way, you know, I can see that dawn coming. I can see all these I can hear those crickets or or even if it's cold like I can see how that moonlight's playing off that snow like it's the, there's there's no limit to what we can shift our minds to do for ourselves to witness our own personal power mm. period there's no limit you know when I when I listen to you talk about you know your your family I can't help but link 
authenticity and unconditional love. Mm-hmm. Like that's really important that that coupling for me and a I think you know how lucky you were to have to really feel that sense of unconditional love, which I think probably just helped cultivate like Mujib's authentic self because you've been given you know that that love was cultivated for the self right through family and and for me you know that this journey to being as authentic as possible is is just hyperlinked with this can I unconditionally love myself mm-hmm. because you know kind of back to that self-worth conversation because if I don't then I'm not going to be in a place to present authentically mm-hmm. So just, I just think that's a really important um, link between those two things. And, you know, if, and if, if, if we're not receiving unconditional love from others, you know, are we going to present in a way that, okay, I'm going to show up this way because all I want is that validation or that love, right? And if I show this side, then, like, then I'm going to get it. Um, and I can personally say that I... I lived that way for a long time, you know, unfortunately. But I'm, I'm the person I am today because of that experience. But sort of chasing after that unconditional love made me present in an inauthentic way. Mm-hmm. And when I felt like I accessed that unconditional love, A, by giving it to myself and through others, family, partnerships, whatever, that's when that, that more more and more of my authentic self started to blossom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And more of your personal power started to show. Yeah, absolutely. It it just it just kind of goes hand in hand. And 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 you know, I want to be mindful too that you know, Mujib and I were talking this talking about this before we got um we pressed the record button that you know, this is not all coming up roses all the time, and this is not an exponential, like, it, again, we mentioned this last time, a linear journey, um, that this is through a lot of work and, um, you know, a lot of navigating, and it's, you know, part of that authenticity is to say, like, yeah, it's not all good all the time. It's not easy. And again, if you go back and you listen to the episode one and, and listen to those episodes forward, um, you're going to see our our process of getting to this place where we can have this conversation about personal power. You're going to see the, the road that it took us to get to this place where, where Sarah can say, I'm confident, where I can say, I'm powerful, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but it wasn't always necessarily that easy to, to do. You know, I didn't start my podcast in 2006 now. Nope. On purpose. <laughs> I could have, you know, but I didn't, I didn't have the same courage. I didn't have the same um, desire to present myself so authentically that it would create vulnerability. Mm. Right? I know mm-hmm. there are people that are listening to this right now that 10 years ago I would have been like, man, there's no way that you can show these people that face because how are they ever going to pay you? Mm. You know, if they know that you're so uncouth, if they know that you're so, you know, that you're not like the 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 most arrogant bosses fucking trainer in the world. <laughs> How are they ever gonna trust you? You know. Mm-hmm. But now at this point in my life, it's just a very easy understanding that you know my people that that love me, that come to me, that come to my classes, that 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 show up, that I can call my clients or my students or my friends. Um, they desire that authenticity and they desire that personal power and they're they want to they want 
to show up authentically themselves as well. Mm -hmm. And I think that we're really good about doing that. Mm -hmm. Like when you come into my door, bring who you are. Leave, if, you, if you've been wearing a cloak this whole time, leave it at the door. Come mm -hmm. in here, tell me what you like, mm -hmm. you know? I'll word you up. You, you want a song? You got that song? I'll play it for you. Frank Sinatra, let's listen. Yep. You know, it doesn't matter, you know? Yep, I know. On my last session with you, I was like, can you play pop star today? <laughs> <laughs> he puts it on. It's my DJ. Um, yeah, I just, I wanted to elaborate just because you you made the point to touch on something that, that I spoke with you before we hit record, which, which was that, you know, no, nothing's firing on all cylinders at all times. That's, that's, that's just reality. So, you know, if, if you're going to be killing it in your, in your business or in your career, then sacrifices have to be made. So chances are something, something's falling behind or something's just lacking some of that energy and attention, whether it's to a partner or family or, um, you know, if you're a dog or cat parent, um, whatever it is. So maybe attention to home life, things are a little bit messier. They're even a little out of control. Um, if something else is going well or vice versa, you know, you, you commit to spending more time in the home or, or with family. And so maybe something's not getting done on the business or, you know, you didn't fully prepare for that meeting that you were supposed to have. It, it's a give and take. And, and anyone that is trying to sell you a version that you can have it all, everything, all the time, it's snake oil, man. Like, I just don't, you know, it's, it's almost setting you up to, to fail and to feel like you're doing something wrong and you're not enough. Um, so the vision of sort of the dose of, of reality and authenticity is that, yeah, you, you know, you, you've got to figure out where and how you want to spend your energy and your effort. And, and it's going to change, you know, uh, if, if, you, if you've got 100 percent, well, these different percentages are going to go to these different things because you're a dynamic human being. You're not a robot. <laughs> um, so just remember that, that it's okay. You know, like Mujib said, I'll be the first to say, you know, if I'm selling out classes week after week, well, my car is a hot mess and I haven't done dishes and I'm on my last pair of underwear. So <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. Or I haven't, or I just stopped showering. Um, so, and that's, and that's just reality. And, and when I'm able to level with people or be on that level and just say, Oh, I'm glad you think I have it all figured out. You're dead wrong. Um, you know, again, I, I feel like that builds trust. It builds respect. It, you know, again, it opens me up to different kinds of relationships and honesty and just say, yeah, I'm never, I'm never going to sell you something where, yeah, you can, you can literally have it all and I'm going to make it look easy and I'm going to tell you how you can do it too. Mm. Just be really weary of people that if it's too good to be true, it probably is. Um, and that's not to say that you can't have an awesome, blessed life and that things can be going well, but be kind to yourself and know that if something's going well and the bottom's falling out someplace else, it's okay. Um, and that's completely fine. And that's just, that's just the way life is. It ebbs and it flows and, you know, so don't, don't, don't beat yourself up. And I think we have to kind of give our, give each other reminders and sort of, and pep talks and remember to kind of support each other. And I love that Mujib that you said, asking for help. I love that you said that we're going to do an episode, maybe episode six mm -hmm. on self-care and 
And I would love to include like asking for help and cultivating your team and your self-care because, um, you know, a lot of us, myself included, are really bad about that. Mm. Um, So full disclosure, that is coming. (laughs) Um, But yeah, being vulnerable and authentic enough to say like, I don't know how to do that. or I need help. Or can you give me a hand with this? And, you know, that's so important. I love that. <laughs> I think that's a great place to end and to wrap things up. On I that think thought, so too. You know. I know. This is just, it's just such a joy talking to yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> could go, go on and on and on. I mean, we'll have to release some point the, the post-recording uh, conversations as well, because as a listener, you have to know that once we sign off and, and, and close this portion we hit record again and we just keep on talking for at least another 20 minutes if we can manage it but we're going to release the b-sides but we're going to charge for that stuff (laughs) that's the premium content it's coming (laughs) well thank you guys so much for listening to us uh for the last hour or so and uh we will catch you next time this has been let's get to it and my name is sarah my name is mujib take care